Well, good morning, church. How are we today? Are you guys excited to be in church today? Is church getting old? Are we still happy to be here? All right, good, good. I'm happy to be here, I can tell you that. Um, I wanna thank Pastor Pat and Julie for allowing me this privilege uh, to preach this morning as they are getting some rest. And so thank you to Pastor Pat and Julie. I'm sure you're watching online, so I'm staring right in that camera. Thank you guys, and we're praying for you this weekend. And uh, you know, today is our Memorial Day weekend service. You might have noticed the 100 American flags as you walked in today. Um, and today's a day that we acknowledge the fallen soldiers uh, from, from you know, the beginning of this country all the way until now. And so what I wanna do today uh, is I don't necessarily have a Memorial Day message because um, I find that very difficult. There's gonna be some, you know, some tying in, but I wanna acknowledge the day and let's thank God for those who have given their lives for this country, and then we're gonna really jump into the word. So would you join me in prayer this morning? God, I just thank you for Memorial Day, and I thank you for those who have given their lives for us, Lord, that we might experience freedom here in the United States of America. Lord, I thank you especially for those who have literally given everything that they had so that we might have freedoms such as this, Lord, to gather, to worship. Lord, help us to never, ever, ever forget the sacrifice that they have. And God, we just, we at the same time give you the credit. Lord, thank you for the place that we live. Thank you for those who have given their lives and thank you for those who are serving even today. God, protect them as they're on the front lines. God, we love you. We ask that you're with us as we open up the word of God this morning. Speak to our hearts, Lord. It's a, it's a thing that, Lord, I can speak, but only you can move on the hearts of man. And so, God, would you do that this morning? In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Well, we're thankful for the freedom that we have in our country. I would imagine we would all say amen to that. Uh, today, we speak of a freedom not from Britain or anything like that, but a freedom from slavery, the slavery of sin. And so the title of my message today is, what are you hungry for? What are you hungry for? We all have a draw to sin. Whether you've been a Christian for 85 years, and I think there might be some in this room, whether you've been a Christian for five years, maybe you've been a Christian for a few weeks, or maybe you're in this building and you've never, ever made that choice. This is the first time you're visiting with somebody in your family. No matter where we find ourselves in the Christian walk or in our faith walk, we all have a desire to sin. And though a process called sanctification, everybody say sanctification, all right? Though a process of sanctification, which is a fancy way of saying looking more and more like Jesus, living a more and more righteous life as we go, though that process is happening, on this earth, we will always, I believe, have the desire to sin. That might change in different ways, but I think that desire will be here until we're gone from this place. And the hard part is that though we receive salvation, though we receive new life, though many of us have been baptized right up there, we still have that nagging desire for sin. And I don't believe that it ever goes away again until we meet Jesus face to face. And for those who think, I haven't sinned in years, that's called pride, you're guilty right now. All right. 
Martin Luther said this. He says, when our Lord and master Jesus Christ said repent, he intended that the entire life of believers should be repentance. All right. And so that repentant act, that is not a one-time thing that you did when a preacher gave an altar call and you raised their hand, but rather this is a continual turning away from your flesh and turning towards Christ. And if you think you got that one sin that maybe you've conquered by now, maybe you've conquered it by now, well, ask the Lord to reveal the things that are inside of you because I can imagine that there might be some more things going on in your life. And so really, for those of you, I know we got kids in the room, sin, guys, sin is against anything that's against God's plan for us, right? Anything that's against God's plan for us. So what are we hungry for? What are we to do? If I'm saying that we all have a desire to sin, what are we to do if we have an appetite for sin? What happens when we are hungry for sin? You saw nothing. What happens when we're hungry for sin? The scriptures have a very clear answer for us today that we're gonna find in the book of Numbers. And so if you have your Bibles, please turn to the book of Numbers. We're going in verse chapters 11 and 14 today in the book of Numbers. If you don't know where Numbers is, just go Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and boom, you're there. All right, find the long list of people and names and clans and tribes. You know that part that you skip over? That's where Numbers is. All right, Numbers 11, we're gonna be in there. And so as you guys are turning in, I wanna give you a little bit of context. First of all, Israel has been in the desert for many decades. Maybe I'll get a picture of a desert up here today. No, 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 I said desert. Lyra, I said desert, not dessert. What are we gonna do? I said desert. They are in the desert. There we are. Israel has been wandering the desert and there hasn't been much desert for a long time, many, many years. And they've recently been delivered as slaves from Egypt where life was pretty miserable. But at this point, it's been so many years from that that they don't exactly remember how bad Egypt was. If I just said Israel, I meant Egypt, all right? They've been delivered from Egypt, but they don't remember how bad it was because that was years ago. And right now, they think that their life might be more miserable than it was in Egypt. And so to be fair, anybody ever been to like the Sleeping Bear Dunes up in Michigan, right? The west side, northwest side of Michigan. We got a lot of sand dunes, right? And, and the, the day that uh, I pulled up to the Sleeping Bear Dunes, I saw a giant hill and I'm like, man, I'm gonna run up that in, in 15 seconds or less. All right, I'm gonna use my track speed and I'm gonna run up that thing in no time. 15 seconds went by, I don't think I was out of the parking lot, right? And in a few minutes go by, I'm still running up the same hill and I got to the top and then I saw another hill and another hill. And I'm like, man, they didn't tell me on the map there was about 45 hills before you get to the water. But if you've been on a sand dune for more than 10 minutes, you know you get hot real quick, right? Your lips start cracking, sand starts getting in your teeth and in your hair and your ears and in everything that you possibly have, probably in your car somehow, Right? There's, there's sand all over the place. And so to be fair, the, the Israelites are pretty miserable. Living in a place like that for a long time is a pretty bad deal. But it's because of their own disobedience towards God. All right, so they've been meat, eating manna for decades. Does anybody know what manna is? If you ask me a question, it's actually the right answer here. What is it? Exactly, 
exactly. That's what manna is. Manna means, what is it? It's some type of this sweet bread that we have no idea about that magically dropped out of the heavens because God was providing for the people. But over time, imagine this, we become less and less impressed with the miracles of God, right? Over time. Manna was cool the first few times. Years later, we're not quite so impressed with that miracle of bread appearing every single day. And so they're starting to complain to Moses all the time because they have a desire to eat something else than manna. They're hungry for something else. And so I told you, we're jumping into Numbers chapter 11. We're gonna read the first six verses I'm reading out of the NIV today. It says this. Now the people complained about their hardships in the hearing of the Lord. And when he heard them, his anger was aroused. Then fire from the Lord burned among them and consumed some of the outskirts of the camp. All right, I wanna pause real quick and I wanna check with you. Are your eyes bouncing from word to word in the scripture or, and is your mind present because this is crazy, right? God, this is worse than a thunderstorm, right? God is, fire is raining down on the outskirts of the camp, all right? So make sure your mind is present as we're reading this. When the people cried out to Moses, he prayed to the Lord and the fire died down. So that place was called Tabra because fire from the Lord had burned among them. Then the rabble, which is a mob, with them began to crave other food. And again, the Israelites started wailing and said, if only we had meat to eat. We remember the fish that we ate in Egypt at no cost. (laughs) Also the cucumbers and the melons, oh, the leeks, the onions and the garlic. But now we've lost our appetite. We never see anything but this manna. And so we step into the section I call the dreaming of cucumbers, right? We've all had better dreams than that, but I suppose when you're in the wilderness, cucumbers is all that you want, right? In the middle of the move from Egypt to the promised land, they're remembering Egypt, but I don't think quite as they should. Did you pick up that part where they said, we used to have food in Egypt at no cost? (laughs) It didn't cost them any money, didn't cost them any dinero, but it cost them their entire lives. It cost them 400 years of slavery, right? They were miserable. And it actually in Exodus chapter one, Pharaoh literally says this, let us deal harshly with them. Let us set taskmasters over them to afflict them with heavy burdens. They made their lives bitter as slaves and even at times killed all the male babies. No cost. Food at no cost. Well, that's the cost. But their memory, again, is not the shackles and the slave masters, but the cucumbers and the watermelon. Now, I will say, I am quite a big fan of watermelon, right? But shackles around my feet would greatly inhibit the taste for the delicious melon, all right? Shackles around my feet, you can keep the melon, all right? They actually want a fruit salad so bad at this point in their life that they forgot about the entire years of slavery that they were there. And it might be impossible. I think it's impossible for any slave that got released from, from this country in the 1800s to ever, ever, ever want to go back to their master because they had free food. But over time, do we forget how much we've been freed from? And so the Israelites are dreaming about that sweet taste of a cucumber, that sweet taste of a melon. And so, they, so fast forward, we're going to jump three chapters over. We're going to chapter 14. And now their dreams are becoming a plan. So join me In Numbers chapter 14, we're gonna read the first four verses. 
That night, all the members of the community raised their voices and wept aloud. All the Israelites grumbled against Moses and Aaron, and the whole assembly said to them, if only we had died in Egypt or at least in this wilderness. Why is the Lord bringing us to this land only to let us fall by the sword? Our wives and children will be taken as plunder. Wouldn't it be better if we just go back to Egypt? And they said to each other, we should choose a leader and go back to Egypt, right? So their dream about cucumbers now becomes a plan. And their, their appetite for onions, garlic, cucumbers becomes the plan. They're really gonna set somebody up and we're gonna go back to Egypt. They decide, let's eat garlic rather than eating manna in this horrible desert, right? This place stinks, let's go. They, sh- they, they, they thought at the time, the rabble, the, I, I learned a new word, the rabble, the mob among them decided, you know what? God probably has no idea what he's doing. We've been here way too long. And you know what? God doesn't know what he's doing. And we sure know that this Moses guy does not know what he's doing, right? What a pathetic leader. How long are we gonna wander around this desert? Let's just go back to Egypt. How many know that at, that sometimes in the middle of a desert in life, we look down and backwards when the Lord's plan is for us to look ahead. They really believe at this point that God's very best for them is to be shackled as slaves chomping on a cucumber. That's God's best. I want you guys to know today for, for all of us, I think some of us need to hear this, that God's best is never behind you. Right, God's best is never behind you. If we're only dwelling in the past saying, that was the day, that was the best day of my life years ago, right? We are blind to what God is doing in our own life. God's best is never ever behind us. So the memory of the salvation from Egypt that day was completely forgotten and and their memory of God's mercy is totally wiped out and gone. The sweet taste of Egypt, more attractive than the very grace of God. How blind are the people, right? Can they not see that they're in the process of being delivered, right? What if they, if they had a timer in front of them? Hey, it's only gonna be this many more years. Maybe they would keep their eyes up. But God doesn't always give a timeline and they're losing their trust in God. And to me, the most frustrating part as I read ver- chapter 11 versus chapter 14 is in, ver- in chapter 11, we see that some people are starting to rise up and thinking like, remember those good old days, Remember the days when we could eat anything we wanted? It didn't even cost us anything. And then a little bit later, it tells us in chapter 14 that the whole community is rising up. It says all of the members. Three different times in this passage, it says the entire community, all of them are rising up and complaining and discussing going back to Egypt. What happened between chapter 11 and chapter 14 that everybody's on board against Moses except for four guys? I think that what happens is that a community is only as healthy as its weakest member. I think a community is only as healthy as its weakest member. And we see that this week in Uvalde, Texas, right? We're a strong community, but in a strong community, all it takes is one unhealthy member to disrupt all of that. And I think the same thing happens here in Israel's midst, that there's a they're only as healthy as their weakest member. And now they're starting to all be pulled away. And so don't, for, don't think for a second that, that your visits to Egypt, if you're catching what I'm doing here, don't think for a second that your visits to Egypt don't affect your families, right? Don't think for a second that your visits to Egypt don't affect your church and they don't affect your community, right? 
A, a community can only be as healthy as its weakest member. And so fantasies of Egypt are the cause of an entire community turning their trust away from God and onto themselves. And so, you know what? A lot of us here on this Memorial Day weekend, I would imagine, are going to be headed to some barbecues. Maybe today, maybe tomorrow, maybe both, maybe all week. I don't know what your plans are. And maybe some of you have been on a diet, maybe since about Easter when you picked out the last holiday, right? You've been on a diet and you decide, you know what? I got to get away from this red meat. This red meat is killing my inside. Especially go visit your doctor. You'll hear about that, right? And you're going to see at that barbecue, you're going to see the burger, right? The burger you're trying to stay away from. The burger that's causing you high cholesterol. You can see the onions and the bacon and the cheese and the grease dripping down the burger. At least there should be grease if you, if you know how to cook it, right? All right. I think well done, well done burgers are just a nice way of saying it's overcooked. But you know, anyway, that's my opinion. I know I just offended some people. You've eaten smoothies for breakfast since Easter, right? You've been eating salads for lunch, you're meal prepping. And you're eating your nasty old plain chicken, broccoli and rice for dinner. You've been doing real good. Maybe you lost 15 pounds. But oh, Memorial Day is coming. How many know at the same time, this is how sin enters our lives as well, right? We're doing a good. We're doing good for a while. We're staying away from sin for an amount of time. We're starting to feel pretty good, man. Looking in the mirror like, man, I do look good, right? I have been losing a couple pounds, right? I have stayed away from sin for a little while, but oh, that barbecue invite that you just got. And that uncle who cooks the most amazing steaks and burgers. So you decide, you know what? I'm going to go to the barbecue, but I'm going to stay away from the grill, right? I'm going to hang out with the vegans and I'm going to let the meat people hang out by the grill, okay? I'm going to do that. And, uh, you know, at the barbecue, you stay good for a little while. You eat the side salad that one person brought. You stay away from the other 25 sides that everybody else brought, right? You stay away from the coleslaw and you definitely, definitely don't go near that grill. But all your friends are hanging out around it. And so you decide, you know, at least I can go talk to my friends. It can't hurt. So you make your way over promising yourself not to look at it, but just, you know, just to talk with your pals. And then the smell hits you. Propane, no, charcoal. Smell hits you, and you but you know that you can't look. You can't look at it. And then your eyes, maybe for the first time, slip over. And there you see it. There it is. I've been doing so good, but there it is cheese and the onions, the lettuce. Mm. There it is. Snap out of it. No, I got to snap out of it. I can't go back there. I can't go back. Well, you know, looking isn't eating, <laughs> I guess. Looking really isn't eating. Mm. Maybe even touching isn't really eating. Doctor never said I couldn't hold a burger. Fast forward and your will is worn down, right? You're holding on to the burger. Your will's worn down and your, your mind justifies that, you know what? It's from a cow. Cows were created by God. I mean, how unhealthy could it really be? How bad could it really be? And so you take one bite and I would do that, except for this is a disgusting burger that I made a day ago, all right? Which became an entire burger, right? You eat the entire burger and you know what? You decide at that point, well, you know what? 
I've already broken my diet anyways. I might have three more. Might as well have three more. And hey, you know what? Where's the milkshakes and where's the root beer? It's Memorial Day. Let's celebrate, right? And that's what happens, I think, with sin, right? And, and that's where Israel is right now. They're looking at the burger, but they're forgetting what it feels like four hours later. <laughs> they forget that it feels like a sucker punch to the, to the stomach. You know what I'm talking about? Um, and how many at that point, the, the, the time that you, you know what? I'm just gonna eat the burger. You throw on the milkshake and the fries and the chips on top of that. You know what? I already messed up anyways. I might as well literally kill myself like with, with food. Sorry, that got dark quick. But, and so you know what, guys? I'm obviously not anti-burger. I'm the one that brought this burger. And you know what? I'm also not defending the cows. I'm not defending the cows. They're delicious. I'm American. But you, I'm not anti-burger, but you know what I am? I am anti-sin, anti-sin. And why do we wish for the very thing that's going to kill us? You know, sugar makes me break out like no tomorrow, yet sometimes you see me sneaking some candy. What in the world am I doing? What am I doing? That the thing, that's gonna make me, my skin pop out and, and all types of stuff, right? Sugar's the devil. That's what, I tell, that's what I tell my family, sugar's the devil. But sometimes, sometimes. The devil's looking real good, right? And so, all right, obviously I'm not talking about sugar and, and beef today, but I think so much worse is sin. Let that be an example of sin, right? We allow sin to dwell in our mind like Israel dwelt on going back to Egypt. We allow it in our homes and then we try to avoid it. Like right there, I'm gonna go to the barbecue, but as long as I stay away from the entire reason that you go to a barbecue, Right, my friend, you will not live a holy life if you're hanging out at a barbecue of sin. And so the goal of a diet isn't avoiding the burger, but it's on filling up on veggies and fruits, right? Sometimes I go on a diet and I just don't eat for a day. It's like a worse kind of diet because the next day I'm eating twice as much because I'm starving, right? The point of a diet is to eat healthy food, not just to avoid food altogether. Um, the goal of, at the same time of the Christian life isn't to avoid sin from now till you die, but to fill up on good things, fill up on loving God, fill up on loving people, fill up on holiness and righteous living, filling up on becoming a follower of Jesus who impacts the world for the kingdom of God, right? That's the point of the Christian life, not just to avoid the bad things of the world. That doesn't even do anything. And so if all the Christian life for you is trying not to sin, it's like going to a barbecue and trying not to eat a burger. <laughs> and so today I, I'm worried. I'm worried that many of us cheat on our faith and head back to Egypt all too often. And I'm not just talking about those with a dirty past. I'm not talking about those with, with drugs and alcohol and prison and, you know, a real dirty past. I'm talking about everybody. You want to know why? Because we're all equal. Uh, we're all equal sinners. And so, so those of us in, the, in this room today that are, some of us are good at hiding our sins because they're inward sins. Some of us are outward sinners and it's a little bit more uh, difficult to hide. And I'm not today suspecting that there's only a few of us that head back to Egypt once in a while. But in fact, I'm confident that there are far more in this room that we could ever imagine. I hope that when somebody comes up to the altar at the end of the service, that you're not trying to figure out what's the problem with them. I hope that you're not suspecting something is wrong with them. I hope that 
you can see that there is somebody who's crying out to the Lord and coming to the only healer that we know, right? I hope it's not a shameful thing to walk down to an altar. I hope it's the greatest thing that you can possibly do and that I hope that you can't get enough of being before the presence of the Lord. Thank you, thank you, right? And so at the same time, unlike Israel who had to assemble a whole army, army, wow, they had to get a whole army, right? And they had to get everybody on board and find a leader and they're really gonna make their trek back to Egypt even though it's gonna take weeks. Unlike them, we can access Egypt in just a few seconds. I wanna invite Nate Hood up. I want, Nate is, has written a, a spoken word today and I think he, he's gonna tell us perfectly what Egypt looks like. Imagine living as a slave in Egypt, miraculously freed, and later whining to go back because you like onions and melons. Imagine being a felon sentenced to prison, then being set free, and then whining to go back because you like the three hots in a cot. Imagine being set free, free from the weight of the sins that so easily beset us, free from the shame, free from the guilt, made clean from the stain, but then choosing to go back to it because, well, maybe we liked it. Well, I, yeah, we all do. Because sin is Egypt. Sin is jail. Sin is prison. Sin is a snare. And it's always right there. Just a click. Just a word. Just a thought. Why do we turn back? We've been set free, right? Free is free indeed. Why do we go back to our Egypt? to our Pharaoh, to our desert, to our prison. See, today he says before you, life and prosperity, death and destruction, prison and freedom. This day, choose life. Listen to his voice and hold fast to him. For the Lord is your life and deliverer. Amen. Amen. Egypt looks like quick looks on social media, right? Extra clicks on the advertised video that you would never click on if somebody was looking over your shoulder. Egypt is those I shouldn't, but maybe just this one time moments. Egypt is willing to be a slave for the taste of an onion. And so what are you hungry for today? What are you hungry for? Are you hungry for God? Or are you really, really struggling because you have a real appetite for sin? Let's be honest, sometimes sin tastes much sweeter than the wilderness manna. But my question to you today is this, is eating a cucumber worth being chained up as a slave? Church, what are you hungry for today? Some of us are used to working as slaves and God wants you to experience freedom for the very first time. Some of you are loving working as Egyptian slaves and you've never, ever, ever been freed. Some of us have received Christ. We've experienced freedom for a time, but we're back in Egypt about maybe once a month. Some of us are frequent flyers to Egypt. We're racking up those miles 
And we have to spend less and less money each and every time, and we're a whole lot, whole lot less worried about the flight each and every time. We don't even have to take Xanax on our, flight, our flights anymore because we become real content going on that plane. Some of us today feel like we've been drowning in onions and garlic. <laughs> a plane went to Egypt and has, ne and has never come back in years, and we need, we need God to do a work that only he can do today. Hear this today that you cannot resist Egypt on your own power, nor can you get yourself out. That's a, that's, a, that's a moment of hope in there for you. You think that you're in and out without any damage, but you're just a slave on a long leash, right? And so what I wanna say to you guys today is that slavery does not have an expiration date. It takes a savior to pull you out and a savior to sustain you. Only a savior can outbid the slave master for your life. And he gave his entire life so that you might have true freedom. And so today, I, I don't care what you're dealing with. I don't care if you are 85 years old, you've been a Christian for 86 of them. I meant to say that. I don't care how long it's been. I don't care if you're a teenager and you're like, man, I'm really dealing with some dark stuff that I don't want my parents to know, but I'm, I, but I'm dying inside. I don't care if you're somewhere in between and you look great on the outside, but you're dying inside. I challenge you to confess that appetite that you have to the Lord today. Admit your appetite for Egypt and plead with him to fill you with an appetite for the bread of life. Are you with me today, church? I believe with my whole heart that holy living is not something that you can muster up within, within yourself. I believe that only a savior can change your appetite this morning. And so I wanna ask you, what are you hungry for today? What are you hungry for? And what I wanna do at this time, Cam's playing behind us. I wanna open up these altars. Elders, if you wanna come down and pray with people or elders, if you need to be on your face on top of the altar, then do that. Don't even worry about praying for people. Deal with yourself first. But if there's something in you that's binding you, and again, I hope that the church is not looking at people and saying, I wonder what the heck's their problem. Why are they there? Aren't they an elder? You wanna know why? Because I should be the first one at this altar today. Because I got a taste for Egypt all the time. Right? And, and there it is, man. I know it's going to kill me, but oh, my flesh is so strong and it tastes so good. I love watermelon. Right? And so I want to invite you up today. If you want to come pray, if you want to come confess something today, I'd invite you up there to do it because if you just stay in your seats and we just go home and pretend and keep trying and trying and trying and trying and doing our best and adding one more accountability partner to our life, nothing's going to change. Right, it's something that only a savior can deliver you from today, I believe with my whole heart. And so if you're gonna stay in your seats, that's awesome. Pray, let's take some time to reflect. If not, I wanna invite you down to the altars and let's deal with our taste for Egypt this morning. If you have something that you wanna bring before the Lord, you can do it at your seat, you can do it at the altar, but you can't do it yourself. Right? Slaves don't get themselves out of freedom, only a savior can do that.
God, I just wanna pray for each and every person today, those who have come up front and are laying things before you today. God, we're not judging them, but we're, we're loving God that they're willing to put their appetites on the altar today. And God, I pray that you will do a miraculous work in their hearts and in their minds and in their, their tongues, God, that they would taste freedom, Lord, and they would chase after you, Lord, maybe for the first time in their life. Or Lord God, that they would, they would cancel their credit card, Lord, their Egypt credit card. They got the frequent flyer miles building up. But God, I pray that you would release them from that. Chop that up, get rid of it today. And God, I pray for those who have just feel like they're drowning, drowning in Egypt, Lord, drowning in the, in the good things of the world that are destroying their souls. Lord, that you would do a work by your power of your Holy Spirit. Lord, you call yourself a savior. You're the one that said you're a savior, Lord, and we're asking that you would do that on behalf of those who are up here today and on behalf of those who are in the seats today, God, that are bringing things before you. God, would you do an amazing work? Would maybe for the first time, Lord, in many of these lives, would you give them a season of victory? Lord, a season that lasts, we ask for their entire life. And Lord, at the same time, for those who are back and forth, Lord, remind them, we remind them of what's true about them today. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. We thank you for your grace and your mercy. That's our only shot, God. We've tried doing it by ourselves. And we've failed more times than we can even remember. But Lord, through your power, through your grace, through your mercy, we're asking that you pull us out today, God. Give us a taste for freedom and show us that you truly are a good God, one who's far better than anything this world has to offer. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Feel free to keep on praying if you wanna keep on praying. And if you haven't made your way up and you know you should do that today, but I just wanna say happy Memorial Day to each and every person today. Let's remember what the Lord has done for us. And also we wanna remember our soldiers today. But God bless you. Don't feel like you gotta run out today. Deal with the appetite before uh, you go. God bless you and we will see you next week.